Last week, we saw the Holy Spirit's work through his character and his titles. But how does that help me to be right with God and to walk with him? Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in Wilkes-Barre in the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, stay tuned for contact info. As always, my name is Eric Samborski, and I do thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. And then if you missed it on the live radio broadcast, <clears throat> excuse me, then you can look for the God's Resistance podcast. Uh, where any of these radio programs are stored there, and you'll find other content also there. You can find that on YouTube or your favorite uh, podcast platform. Every uh, Sunday at 9 a.m. is when they'll be uploaded. Uh, Gab TV is another place. And you're going to find other content on there, as I said before. You can find us at godsresistance.com and on Facebook, Gab, Gab TV, and YouTube at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. You'd also find us on Twitter, but I'm not in. I'm not super active on Twitter. Uh, but make sure to like, follow, and turn on notifications for helpful spiritual content. Also, uh, well, when the spring comes around, you're you're going to be finding us in person again every Sunday uh, out in Wilkesbury Public Square. We're taking a little break from that uh, with things being um, the temperature being as it is, and I've got young children and all. Uh, but you can contact us, and we'd still like to get together with you in homes and such uh, in the meantime. And we want that to be something that happens you know, continually throughout this time, but uh, you can contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. So last week, just to recap, um, we had spoken about the Holy Spirit's office work uh, by way of his character, who he is and his titles uh, what he does, you know, what his functions and positions are. But today, um, those specific offices that we're going to be speaking about today are those that relate to his work in affecting salvation in us. So there's two lists of scripture that we're going to be working through. One has to uh, do with the first work of grace. And if you don't understand my saying first and second work of grace, I would encourage you to go back through the podcast and look at where that is brought out. I'm trying to think that would be under the Road of Salvation playlist. You can look through there. Um, and it's not that Christ, Christ did one perfect work on the cross. And that perfect work takes care of our sins committed, the things that we've done, and we receive pardon from him and we receive a new life. But then that that work that he's done on the cross also destroys that carnal man within and fills us with his spirit. So I distinctly say first and second work of grace to talk about the, the different dealings of God with different problems in our heart. Not that somehow we need some extra thing. Christ purchased all that as one package of salvation on the cross. You and I, um, because of perhaps where we've been steeped in sin, we don't realize how bad sin is, and we only realize the things that we've done. But as we, after we're saved and we start walking with him, we realize the fountain from where all this came from in the heart and there is a cleansing, a deeper cleansing for that. So go back into the road of salvation, that playlist, you're going to find um, those things having to do with the second work of grace. 
And uh, hopefully that'll help to deal with things that I can't take the time to do now. But the first work of grace, terms that will be used is being born again, adoption, et cetera, and the general relationship of the spirit, such as his work of revelation. And, and at this point, revelation of sin and our need for him. The second work of grace or the experience the disciples had at Pentecost. Uh, we're going to look at some promises made before Pentecost. We're going to look at what happened at Pentecost. And then we're going to look at in the future, looking back at Pentecost. That's you and I right now. So uh, there's uh, there are some controversial scriptures that uh, people might bring up. These are purposefully omitted from this list that we're going to be looking at right now. And we'll deal with that at a later time so that we have a honed focus uh, here this morning. Um, so let's just dive right in. Scripture is dealing with the initial or general ministry of the Spirit. Um, let's look at those. We're, we're talking to, uh, about when somebody is saved, they have the Spirit of Christ, Romans 8, 9. But you're not in the Spirit, or excuse me, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Okay, so when somebody is saved, when somebody is born again, they receive the Spirit of Christ. You are not Christ if you do not have his Spirit. So here we find that. Uh, the, the person who is a child of God who's been saved, where the scriptures tell us that they were, or they are led by the Spirit, Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Okay, so that helps us to realize that if you're not led by the Spirit of God, you're not a son of God or a daughter of God, or in the broader scope, a child of God. Um, receive the Spirit, which is of God, 1 Corinthians 2, 12. Excuse me. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, that's the thing, you know, a, a natural man can only receive the natural things. A spiritual man receives those spiritual realities and truths. So this is saying, when we receive the spirit of God, we know the things God has given to us. But until that time, we, it's really dark, our understanding of who God is. And that's proven throughout you know, the entire world, anybody may know about God, may know about Christ, but until they've been saved, they don't have the spirit of God, which then is revealing to them. Also, we receive the spirit of adoption, Romans 8, 15. For, you, <clears throat> for you, ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So now we were alienated from God outside of his family, when we are born again, when we are saved, when we receive the spirit of God, we also receive the spirit of adoption, where we naturally are crying out to God as our father. Before we could have said that with our lips, but now we know it's real. We've been adopted. We're in the family of God now. Uh, also, we, uh, we're told that we are born of the spirit. John 3, 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Receive ye the spirit, Galatians 3, 2. This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So we do, and this we, I think we, we talked about this a little bit, receive the Spirit, which is of God, uh, just above a little bit, but receiving the Spirit. We, don't, we receive the Spirit when we repent and believe on Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation. We receive the Spirit. The gift that God has given to us is Himself. We receive this Spirit. Then we, we read in another place in Galatians 4, 6, send forth the spirit of his son. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, here making the Holy Spirit and Christ one person. 
that helps us out a little bit, the idea of the Trinity, though we're not dealing with that per se this morning. Give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So uh, Ephesians 1.17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So these are scriptures that deal with that initial or general ministry of the spirit. Uh, and so here we find the spirit of God as it relates to a saved Christian life and how that means so much more than just this broad sweep of the spirit of God and what he does or does not do. Let's move on to scriptures relating to or relating clearly to the experience that is received at Pentecost. Uh, so we read in Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, which uh, we're told in that chapter two is, chapter also rather, and it is happens to be Acts chapter two, uh, Peter refers to this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, and it's talking about that baptism of the Spirit. And so here we find that. Filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter two, verse four, it says, they were all gathered one accord in one place. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. So there is a receiving of the, of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is the terminology being filled with the Holy Ghost. We also hear in, in other places or read in other places how the Holy Ghost fell upon people. That's Acts 10.44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. We also read about the Holy Spirit being poured out, uh, the gift of the Spirit being poured out. That's in the following verse, so Acts 10, 45. And they of the circumcision, which believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So receiving the Spirit in one way, but this idea of filled, falling upon us, poured out, that gives a, um, an idea of a greater measure of fullness. Uh, receive the Holy Ghost. So there's receiving the Holy Ghost when somebody has repented of their sins, been forgiven, and they're made a child of God, adopted. There is that receiving of the Spirit, but there's also the receiving of the fullness of the Spirit, which is what we're talking about here. Um, so it's important to, to realize that. Uh, Acts 10, 47, can any man forbid waters, that is for baptism, that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. Now, did the disciples not have the Spirit of God in their lives before um, the day of Pentecost? Um, and that is a little bit of a tricky situation because when Jesus was on earth, there was a little bit of blend of the old and new covenant there, and yet he was already forgiving people's sins, and we were told that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force, meaning that people were already entering the kingdom before Jesus even went on the cross. Uh, so somehow they were already sins forgiven and they were made children of God even while he was walking on the earth. So that's a little bit tricky as we're as we're looking through the Gospels that that kind of blends a little bit. After his death, things are a whole lot more clear uh, as to how all that works out too. Uh, baptized with the Holy Ghost, two places. Acts uh, chapter one, verse five. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized, excuse me, with the Holy Ghost not many days Hence, so that's Jesus saying that. Then Acts eleven six. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. So if we're trying to figure out also, well, what is the baptism that happened with John? 
Other places in the scripture refer to the baptism of John as the baptism of repentance, which is distinctly different from the baptism of the Holy Ghost as we're reading in these places. Um, then we look on to the giving uh, of the Holy Ghost. So Acts 15, 8 says, And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. So he's saying he bear those uh, people the that was in the centurion's house, uh, Cornelius, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And he's referring to the day of Pentecost where their hearts were purified by faith. So this is distinctly different from the salvation experience the disciples had. Um, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. By the way, I just want to stop for a second because some people will say that the disciples were not saved until Pentecost. But if you look inside of the Gospels, it is clearly seen that Jesus had disciples following him that were saved people. He would not have employed saved people to go out and spread the gospel. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. People had already entered into that. So this experience that happened on the day of Pentecost is different. It was, was after, above and beyond the salvation experience that they had. Can we find where each of the disciples was clearly saved? Maybe not. Uh, but just through deduction and reading through different places inside of the gospels, it is evident that the disciples were saved before the day of Pentecost. Um, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So he was saying to his saved disciples, you need to wait here because there is a power that is going to be, you're going to be endued with that comes from on high. And Jesus had already talked about this as the promise of the Father. So that is going to be coming to you from on high. In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. Visit and like our social media accounts with Facebook, Twitter, Gab, Gab TV, and YouTube. Visit our website at www.godsresistance.com and contact us by email at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. So we dealt with verses speaking about the Spirit's action in the first work of grace when one is born again, saved, uh, made a child of God, adopted. And then we dealt with some about the Spirit as it relates to the baptism of the Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit, uh, uh, talking about the day of Pentecost and how that day of Pentecost, people can have the personal Pentecost hereafter. So three kinds of terms used in the lists of Scripture before that we need to look at here. So verbs indicating an operation of the Spirit. Born, uh, the, that word occurs only in the first list, in that first work of grace. So born of the Spirit, it, there's not a blend between that and the fullness of the Spirit. When you're born of the Spirit, that's the entrance into the Christian life. That is where we become children of God. However, filled, baptized with the Spirit occur only in that second list, the second work of grace, to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Excuse me. Unbelievers are not baptized with the Holy Spirit, neither are they filled with the Holy Spirit. That happens to somebody who has been born again. Okay, so those are verbs indicating an operation of the Spirit. Then there's official titles of the Spirit of God. 
So spirit without a modifier uh, is only in the in list one. So when I say without a modifier, um, well, let's just let, let's work through that for a little bit. Uh, so spirit without a modifier is just saying, uh, you know, the spirit. Uh, there's there's no other title. There's no other anything attached to it. But then we also find uh, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of his son. Uh, whenever that is used, it's only in the first list about the first work of grace about being born again. The Holy Ghost, however, when it's used, when Holy Ghost is said, is only in the second list. So the title Holy Ghost, when used in relation to an impartation of the Spirit, is confined to that second work of grace, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the fullness of the Spirit of God to be sanctified entirely. That is only in that relation. Where the So look those scriptures up. When it's speaking about an impartation of the Spirit, it is talking about not being saved, but being filled with the Spirit or baptized with the Holy Ghost. Verbs then, uh, which indicate, I just need to pause for a second too. Some of you listening to this may think you are splitting hairs and you're causing all this uh, trouble or problem. The reason that this is such a big thing is because in our present day evangelicalism, our Christian life is so shallow, so shorn of power, that we think that we just say a little prayer and that everything's better and that we're all that God wants us to be. When you find, and you can go back in history, there's an experience, I just read this the other day too, Jonathan Edwards, who would have been somebody that may not use the exact same terminology as what I'm bringing up right now, but after he was saved, it said he he went off into the woods somewhere, he got off his horse, which he was known to do so that he could meditate and pray in the woods He said he was filled with such a a powerful manifestation of the Spirit of God and with such love. And I I can't remember his terminology, uh, but he had had mentioned something to the effect of uh, something that happened to the disciples on the day of Pentecost that happened to him. So here's a man who came more from a Reformed uh, five-point Calvinistic theology who's talking about this. By the way, Martin uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones had spoken about the necessity of of a Christian needing to be filled with the Spirit of God. You can look at somebody like F.B. Meyer, who was a Baptist man, needing to be filled with the Spirit of God. Hannah Whittall-Smith, who was a Quaker, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Ian Paisley, who was a Presbyterian, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. G. Campbell Morgan, who was a Westminster pastor of Westminster, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. D.L. Moody, who is a Baptist man, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Charles Finney, who was originally a Congregationalist, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. William Booth, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God or baptized with the Spirit of God. The reason I'm saying it like this is because sometimes you hear this kind of speaking and then you just completely write it off because you say, that's crazy, charismatic, Pentecostalism, and I just don't want to have anything to do with that. I want biblical Christianity. The reason I'm saying this to you is because it's not its not just some little truth that goes off to this little charismatic group over here. This is a biblical truth. And there have been people that have come from all different doctrinal persuasions that have come to that same conclusion that there is a need after one has been saved to go deeper with God, to be filled with his spirit. And that's not something chaffy, something wild, or something outside of the bounds of scripture. It's apostolic to the core as we look in Acts chapter Well, Acts chapter two is where it started, but then the entire book of Acts. I'm saying that just to help you realize that this is not just splitting hairs. It's to show us there is something in the Bible. This is where these people have found this. Verbs which indicate the spirit coming to a person and imparting 
some benefit to him uh, occur in both lists. And this is because the giving of God and the receiving by men or people take place at every step of our Christian experience. So we, we find the word received in both the first and second work of grace. Receive the spirit of adoption uh, refers to the first work of grace. Receive the Holy Ghost refers to the second work of grace. And this helps us to understand that we don't receive the spirit once and for all and and then for once that once and for all time, then we're saved and never need any more receiving. We never get any more receiving from God. We constantly are receiving from the spirit of God. Uh, we are also are helped to realize that it is not correct to think that there is no receiving of the spirit prior to entire sanctification, because the scripture clearly tells us if we don't have a spirit, we're none of his. So there is a receiving of the spirit. And oftentimes we can receive something from the spirit of God because of a particular work that he's called us to that is far above our own powers. And so without having having received the fullness of the spirit per se, we may have been received some manifestation or some power of his spirit to do a specific work. We find that in the Old Testament with some of the prophets as well. Uh, when receive or give are used, then it's up to us to find out what work of the spirit is being referred to by the titles of the spirit or some other reference or, reference or context, which is showing us exactly what he's doing. That's why we need to compare scripture to scripture. Also, the spirit... Uh, well, Hold on a second. So let's see illustrations of the Spirit's work. Uh, so teaching, uh, the Spirit can't be divided. Uh, so you either receive all of him or none of him. That's a teaching. Um, receiving has to do with his office work. One man can be a father, uh, a, a husband, a son, a lawyer, an employee. One man can do that. So when one is seeking to be saved, he needs spiritual life given to him. And at a later time, there may be the realization that he needs a pure heart. So now that person needs to receive the sanctifying work of the spirit. It's not two different spirits. It's the same spirit, but I'm receiving a different uh, action from him, a different gift from him, if you would say, a di different graces from him, depending on my need. So that is a fallacy to say the spirit can't be divided. So you either receive all of him or none of him. That's foolishness. We receive um, from him, whatever we believe him for. Um, so if I am looking to him to forgive me of my sins and I believe him for that, I receive that spirit of adoption and uh, that regenerated uh, spirit within me that makes me a new person. I receive that right then. But when I'm looking for the fullness of the spirit, I receive that perhaps at another time when I realize my lack of it. And it's still the same spirit. A young woman might receive a man into her home uh, once as a guest then at another time, she would take him in as her fiance, not saying they shack up and live together, but uh, the different reception this young lady would have. And finally, that lady, if, if that's serious and it keeps going on, would receive her fiance as a husband. She received the same person in three different relations, three separate times, but it's, it was always one person. So may God help us not to get all that uh, tangled up in our minds. So the successive receivings of the spirit in the lifetime of the believer, that is, there's nothing um, out of the ordinary. That's normal. Remember, receiving can be applied to both the first or the second work of grace. So we have to study the scripture and the context to determine which is, is happening at any given moment. There's distinctions of terminology, and those are very important. That helps to settle um, some debated passages. If the same terms are used to describe the same things consistently throughout scripture, 
then we can rest assured that it speaks about a specific thing each time. In other words, if there are certain words that always are used when referencing the second work of grace, then we need not be confused when we see them. Acts 18, or excuse me, 8, 17. Then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. How did they receive the Holy Ghost? Context helps us to realize it's with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Acts 9, 17. Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. A different receiving uh, than the first one. Acts 19, 2. He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. So now they receive the fullness of the Spirit. Romans 5, 5. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. This is spoken to a Christian, not to somebody who is meeting the Spirit of God for the first time. There are uh, these aforementioned scriptures, uh, scripture terms indicate various offices of the Spirit, and there are four different stages of the soul's relationship to God through the work of the Spirit. The preliminary offices of the Spirit, which lead the soul to God, are the convicting power of the Spirit, John 16, 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And then he also strives with people before they're saved. And we talked about that in Genesis 3. My spirit shall not always strive with man, implying that he does strive with men. And that was in their wickedness. Then the second stage, offices of the Spirit, which relate to the work of regeneration. We're talking about being born again, John 3, 8. Uh, being whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Talking about the wind blowing wherever it goes. Also, the Spirit bears witness when one is saved. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Also, we receive the spirit of adoption so that we know that we're child of God. Um, so that above verse uh, that I just read from Romans 8.15 and Galatians 4.6, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That is the spirit of adoption. I know that I am a child of God. The third, uh, office of the Spirit, which relate to the work of entire sanctification. One is sanctification. First Thessalonians 4, 7 through 8. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. So he's given us the Spirit for holiness. Second Thessalonians 2, 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you. Brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Uh, then elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the father through sanctification of the spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Receiving of the spirit also then for purifying or cleansing by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Luke three sixteen through 17. John answered saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh uh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff will burn with fire unquenchable. And Acts 15, 9. And he put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith, referring back to the day of Pentecost. Then the last is the continuing offices of the Spirit, which enable us to live a Christian life. Romans 8.26 says that he intercedes for us and through us. Uh, John 16-13 through 13 says that he guides us. John 14.26, 
that he teaches us. Romans 8.26, he gives us assistance to continue living. And then uh, repeated fillings of the Spirit, uh, Ephesians 5.18, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit continually, and is, is the Greek tense there as well. Uh, we are initially filled when sanctified holy, but there are also repeated subsequent fillings as in Acts 4.31. And that says, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. So, dear listener, if you have not re received the Spirit uh, and been born again, then you need to repent and believe in the name of Jesus Christ and be saved. If you have been saved or born again, you need to receive the Spirit in His sanctifying fullness. And if you've received the Spirit in His sanctifying fullness, you need to re receive repeated fillings, infillings of the Spirit, and you need Him continually to live the Christian life. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 or email gods.resistance at gmail.com. I want you to introduce yourself to me and set up a time. I'd love to meet with you, get a coffee. We could talk, help. Uh, I could help you in any way that I can to see what I believe the Bible is teaching and how you can walk with God and further your journey with him. Also, check out our social media. Make sure to like us and follow us, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Gab. You're going to find more teaching and preaching on there, other content, and connect with other people. And I want you to tell your friends about our social media in this broadcast. But above all, join the resistance, God's resistance. A special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission to the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.